All right, if you are a realtor looking to find prospect and close business using social media, we got a treat for you today. We're sitting here with an agent that has made over $100,000 with social media, and he has coached other agents to repeat the success. And that has led to at least an additional 100K in income. So we're gonna dive deep into that strategy right now. Welcome to the Freedom Chasers Six Figure Strategies Podcast. If you're an agent or an investor yet to hit six figures, this is the show for you. We take a deep dive into strategies to help you achieve the goal of six figures so that you can grow up to seven figures eventually. If you want even more in-depth knowledge, sign up for our weekly mastermind for only $100 a month. That will be in the link below. So I'm sitting here with Matt Thomas, a real estate advisor, investor, and coach in Chicago, Illinois. He's with Baird & Warner. Matt Thomas, super stoked to be with you here today. We're going to be talking social media, man. So let's just jump right into it. Let's give us a broad strokes overview of your social media strategy, and then we'll dive deeper into it. Absolutely. I appreciate the time. Always great to connect. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to sharing some value with your audience. I am a true believer that you need to have some sort of social media strategy as a part of your marketing strategy in 2023. Uh, for me, it, it's really simple. I try to provide value to the people I want to and can connect with every single day. And I think that if you show up consistently and provide value about something you, you actually know something about, something that you can you know, add value to somebody's life, you will go far in not only reaching new clients and prospects, but in further furthering your skill set, right? And in this case, I happen to sell in Chicagoland. So it's helped me sell more homes in Chicago by connecting with more people that need that. Absolutely. And you're definitely right about social media in 2023. If you're not using it in your business, you're, you're really making a huge mistake. I mean, Facebook alone, if you just get good at marketing on Facebook, there's hundreds of thousands of dollars to be made there. So cool. Like, let's get into the brass tacks here. Do you have a preferred social network that you're using or are you using all of them simultaneously? Give me an idea what your social strategy looks like. The, the point and maybe the biggest value of social media is that you can reach a massive audience and you can do so for a relatively low cost, in some cases, no cost. So I'm, I'm a fan of leveraging the platforms that help you post across several platforms. For example, you can make one video and post it on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook, right? And now you've got four pieces of content hitting different audiences. So I, I think people make this assumption that if they're only working in one sphere, they hit a big enough audience there. But I'm connected with all different people on all different platforms. And it's different demographics. It's different followings. It's different wants, needs, desires. So really, if you want to get into the weeds of it, you can create content on each platform that is specific to the audience that is listening there. But you know, more broadly speaking, I would say I, I lean to creating content that I can leverage in many different ways. That just makes it easier on me as an owner operator. That makes sense. So essentially, you're creating a piece of content and you're redistributing that content across all the channels. You're not making a specific piece of content for each channel. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, if you want to look at the data behind it, video is trending right now. There's no denying that. So if you want to be on a platform where the most eyeballs are or where you're most likely to find success, that's probably Instagram Reels, TikTok or YouTube. And YouTube is the one that is the fastest to monetize for most people if you're looking to do that. So I do think that there's strategy behind if you're looking to have specific goals within social media, which platform you choose. But if, you know, if your barrier of entry specific to real estate agents is, I don't have the time to post on social media, 
eliminate that by choosing platforms where you can take one piece of content and hit a lot of different platforms. You know, make this easier on yourself because what I've learned through time is this isn't rocket science. We're not we're not reinventing anything here. So it's about consistency. Figure out what value you provide. Figure out the audience that's listening and how they engage with that value and try to meet the two. And if you do that consistently enough, you'll not only grow a following, but you'll start enough conversations, hopefully meaningful conversations, that you'll be able to do business with those prospects, right? This is no different than the old school days of going to sit at a Starbucks and overhearing somebody say, I need to sell a house and you jump in and provide value. Same thing, you're just putting it into the universe online so that somebody can engage. Absolutely tremendous answer. I love how you keep saying you lead with value, which is one of the most important things I do in my life when I'm really working with anybody. So let's talk about the structure of these videos now. So like, what does a typical video look like? And, and how do you build the structure to it? Absolutely. So short form is in right now across all platforms, right? I think we were talking about it a little bit before we hopped on. With YouTube, short form could mean, you know, up to 20 minutes versus an hour. But on most platforms, it's like 30, 60, 90 second increments. So when you're making a video, I like to think about it in, in sections. First and foremost, you got to have a hook. Something needs to punch me in the face enough to make me stop scrolling because I've seen 100 videos today. Why do you deserve my attention? So something controversial, something that hits my need, something that speaks to a desire, something that gives me immediate value, and I see that in the first like three seconds, that's a great start. Now from there, tell me a story. You dragged me in. You've got a hook. You've made me stay. Now I'm here for the story. Tell me why I stayed, whether it's, it's uh, something that I need to overcome or a challenge that I might be facing or a broad stroke value that I could take away from the video, and then bring that story home with the conclusion. Everybody, why do we have debates about, you know, the end of The Sopranos? And I won't ruin it for anybody. But there's debates because it left you hanging. Some people like that. Some people don't. But when you're making value in content, you don't want to leave your audience hanging. Take them through the story and take them to the end. Make it very clear. So tell them what you want to tell them and then recap it at the very end with a summary of what you told them so that they have something they can walk away with that's really easy, right? I think of this almost like when you watch the news and then people walk away and they go have a conversation about the news. There's a one-liner. That's what they remember. They don't remember the rest of the story. They have their one-liner. So make sure you hit them with a hook, you tell a great story, you end it with a one-liner and something memorable. And if you can do that in 30, 60, 90 seconds, I mean, and do it consistently, it's not a, it's not a, a huge ask because it's a small video and you can hit a lot of viewers. Absolutely. And, and you're hitting on some very key components here. I love that you said hook and story. So I'd like to dive into the construction of both of these elements. Um, so let's do the hook first. So if you're teaching this to somebody else, how would you help somebody to construct a hook on a video idea? When I think about a hook, there are a couple, um, I call them cheat codes that I would use to, to make consistently valuable hooks. Really, there's something that leaves a cliffhanger so that somebody sticks around. And you can create a cliffhanger in a number of different ways. Cliffhanger meaning somebody's on the edge. They, they don't know where it's going to go. They may have to wait till next week to see the result, right? So what you want to do is lead them in enough so that their interest is peaked. Or maybe if they're there for a different reason, like if I'm looking for a home and you tell me in the first two seconds, I'm here to tell you about a home that might hit my need, right? So just make it enough of an interesting hook that they'll stick around. Things that I love to leave with are controversy, right? Videos where you started, what if you just sat down and you were like, you haven't been able to find a home because you're touring too many. 
if you said that and then backed it up with a story that actually had data as to why touring too many homes could burn you out, and that's not really good for finding one, that would be a great video. And you're all welcome to take that if you want to do it in your marketplace. So I think if you lead with something that maybe the audience isn't expecting, then they almost are like, that's not correct. What you, <laughs> That can't be accurate. I got to see what this guy has to say, right? That's one way to really get somebody to stick around for the rest of the video. Another great way is just with value, right? Lead with something like, you're probably doing this wrong in XYZ, or the number one way I've grown my business is XYZ. Uh, the top three ways that I saved in buying a home are, right? You can just insert value here, but the point of it, the key of it always is you're proposing an idea that your audience is going to challenge and grapple with. And the better you understand what your audience needs, wants, desires, fears, maybe is ultimately uh, critically afraid of in their buy search right now or their sell need right now, that's where you create the most impact. So your content should really just be focused on figuring that out and then delivering a message that's creative around it. Great answer, man. That's a basic copywriting strategy, right? You call out who you want to talk to or who you want to attract rather. You tell them what they're doing wrong or you tell them you've been lied to or something like that. It's a pattern interrupt and, and that gets people to look at it and to keep watching it because they want to know why they were lied to or they want to know what they're doing wrong so that they could do it right. So um, that was a tremendous answer, especially because we didn't go through that at all before the show. So thank you for getting into that. Let's get into the stories next. So let's say somebody is really uncomfortable trying to tell a story. How would you walk them through the story progression on these social media videos? Yes, a mentor of mine once explained storytelling to me uh, as a process of figuring out emotion. And really, when you think about what emotion do you want to elicit from your audience? And maybe secondarily, what action do you hope that that emotion inspires, right? So if I tell a story that puts you on your heels, it makes you think that maybe you've thought about the showing process wrong this entire time. I'm not doing that to make you feel bad. What I want you to feel is some sort of fear that you may be doing it wrong enough that you want to correct that fear and start doing it the right way, right? That's the process. I'm eliciting fear so that it drives you towards positive behavior, positive behavior that you want and probably need. You just need a reason to go find it. And I can give you that reason, right? So that's how you tell a good story. You focus on the emotion that you're trying to get out of it. And then secondarily is if that emotion was going to elicit an action from my audience, because ultimately the point of all of this is we're trying to drive meaningful engagement. We're trying to drive conversations and leads long-term. You just want to elicit some sort of action from that emotion. And hey, maybe the emotion is, or the, you know, um, this weekend, it's going to be beautiful outside. And the action is you should get out and about and come stop by my open house because it has a great backyard. doesn't have to be like rocket science. Again, make it simple. But start with emotion, lead to action. And I think that's how most stories progress. Love where you're going there. Um, one of my mentors taught me that if there are no emotions, then it's not marketing, right? It's just content, essentially. If you're not tapping into something, you have no real direction. You're just creating something, right? So again, tremendous response. You just alluded to this one, so I'm going to jump into it. You need a clear call to action when you're creating these types of contents. So... Let's talk about your CTA strategy and how you build that out. 
Absolutely. I'm a huge fan, ultimately. And again, if you're thinking of social media as the first layer of engagement that somebody has with you, this is often how somebody they're scrolling through, they see you real quick, they get a face, they get some real estate advice, you've got that couple seconds to make them stick and, and kind of want to be around, right? So I think the more that you call out engagement that creates engagement from within, and by that, I mean, conversations within the community, conversations with you, conversations in public or conversations in your DMs. Doesn't matter where it's taking place. You want to be talking with these people. And it doesn't have to be a numbers game. I think everybody gets focused on, I made a video and oh, only a couple hundred people saw it. Only a couple, how long would it take you to fill a room with a couple hundred people and make them listen to what you had to say? Sincerely and truly. So if you break it down in a different way and you think about who am I talking to and what do I want them to do? I want them to talk to me about the opportunity to do real estate with them. And that could be driven by fear, it could be driven by need, it could be driven by fit, whatever it is. Your call to action is something that leads them closer to that conversation with you. Could be uh, leave a comment if you've had a story that sounds similar to what I just told. Leave a comment if you disagree with what I said. Send me a message if you'd like to know more about how I do this. Send me a message if you'd like to connect and have coffee about this. It doesn't have to be complex, but if you leave something where when somebody watches your content and they have a positive reaction, they just have this like no brainer, like, hey, if you like this, message me or follow me or whatever, oftentimes they'll do it. But if you don't ask, you're never going to get, then your content just exists and you might get views, but you're not going to lead them anywhere. Absolutely. And I love what you said about the, the amount of views that people are focused on. And that's really not the right strategy to do, especially at the very beginning, right? Like Frank Kern says, be happy if you get at least one like. And if you don't get one like, like it yourself and keep doing it. Um, because consistently, ultimately, is the name of the game. You're not going to come out the door swinging. I mean, it's just not going to happen that way. Unfortunately, if it was that easy, everybody would be doing it, right? So, um, again, tremendous answer there. Um, let's get into the types of videos that you create now. Now, obviously, there's probably a multitude of them. But if there were two to three types of videos that you think um, agents should be utilizing right now, what do you think they would be? I like to think of my marketing strategy in buckets. And this isn't to say that everything you produce has to fit within these buckets, because then I think you become boring. But I do think if you want to guide yourself, because we are a business, we're trying to plan for the future, come up with a strategy that somehow evokes your life into different buckets. So for me, I love the education process of home buying. I always have. I've gravitated towards first-time buyers because of that. And so I consistently put out messaging that is about the buying process. It's just hopefully useful information, valuable info that a first-time buyer or a new buyer or even a repeat buyer could use to help them through the process and help them learn a little bit along the way. So that's one of my buckets, education, talking to the camera, put some text on it because nobody has volume on on their phone. And, you know, I, I release that. Another part of what I do is I'm actively helping other real estate agents learn how to use social media. So I put out coaching tips, tips on social media itself, on how to utilize the platform, uh, how to grow an audience and to somehow connect with it and make a meaningful uh, monetary connection for your business. And that's a secondary bucket of my platform. And, you know, maybe a third, and I think this is important for everyone to remember, is include your personal life. How personal you get, totally up to you. Draw the line where you feel comfortable. But ultimately, real estate agent or real estate broker or real estate advisor, whatever you choose to go by, not that endearing. And there's a ton of us. So what makes you different? 
And I think when you when you hear that, you need to figure out your personal brand and somehow you need to associate yourself with that brand and connect to your audience because it's not about the business itself. It's about the person conducting the business, the skill set of that person, the connectivity of that person, how trustworthy they are. And what social does is peel back the curtain so that people can assess you truly and sincerely before they ever meet you. They know they trust you because they've seen you and you release a lot of value. They're not afraid to have a conversation with you because you talk to them all the time. It's face to face, right? There are certain barriers that you can eliminate before you even step in the room just by being sincere, adding value, and really focusing on who you're trying to talk to. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, any leads that you get from content creation, they're, they're much warmer than any other type of lead you're going to get because they tend to be watching you for a while, right? Nobody's going to watch one video and be like, this is my agent. They're going to watch you for a little bit. And because they're watching you talk on and on and on, they feel like they know you because that's just how the human brain works. So you're walking into warmer leads when you're creating content. I love your process there. I think one of the best um, types of content to create, like this one in particular, it's how-to. And you could do how-tos um, forever, basically, because you could be talking. I think one thing people fail to grasp when they're doing how-tos is they're thinking about their knowledge as opposed to the viewer's knowledge, right? So your how-to video could be extremely simple based on your knowledge because <laughs> you're just answering what the public wants, not what you want. I mean, it's very easy to find questions that people are answering are questions that people are asking. There's so many resources for that. And you simply need to ask, answer these questions. I mean, it's really that simple. How to answer the questions that people are asking, even if it's super simple, it doesn't matter because you're not talking to yourself, you're talking to your audience. Um, on top of that, motivational stuff is, is usually pretty good. And it's a good way to get people engaged and um, what, what they call offer posts, which is something I need to do more, but you're directly trying to get them to come reach out to you more often. So basically how to's motivational and offer posts. If you can't think of anything else, just you could follow that process right there and just repeat essentially. Yeah, I love that. I think what you just said can't be overstated. I'll never forget early in my career, I made a video that was just simply what is home equity? And it got so many views and such great engagement. And in my mind, that's like, you know, the training wheels of the bike that we ride every day. But that for some people, that's a new concept. And sincerely, it takes time to understand and you need to appreciate that. So you, I'm constantly reminding myself that what's going on up here is not what's going on out there. And so you need to stay in the feel of, of what people actually need to know and try to, to be uh, as educational as possible around that. I, I agree 100%. And I think you know something that a lot of people skip in this process too is, is something you said. It's a call to action that actually drives somebody to directly engage with you offline. So an email list or an in-person meetup where you're collecting info or something that drives the process forward beyond the social barrier. And if you can integrate that so that you start making connections offline, or you at least start getting people in an email list so that you can provide value beyond social and really show how, how much of an expert you are, that's where the secret sauce lies, right? And some of the most successful agents I know that utilize social to their advantage, they're doing so by consistently setting up coffee meetings or drinks with new clients that they've connected with through YouTube or whatever it might be. And they're consistently connecting with people uh, offline, right? Just an email so that they get them on a mailing list and they can send them value, specific value to their needs for the next nine months until they need to make a purchase. How much different is that than just being, I don't know, posting the latest trend repeatedly on Instagram? Absolutely, man. Um, so what do you think are some of the biggest mistakes people are making when they're trying to get on the social media? 
I think a big thing, um, especially early on, is is you need to be um, don't don't try to grasp a personality that already exists because you think you need to. You're gonna have a weird period of social media, frankly, where you're figuring out your voice. You don't know how you want to sound yet, or maybe you haven't figured out what you want to talk about yet, or how you want to edit it, or whatever it is. But it's gonna take a little bit of time, and you kind of have to go through the process of actually making content and letting it be engaged with. And then listening to your followers. And if your followers are like, hey, this is good, but I wish you shared more how-to videos, go make how-to videos. Or if you release a video that does really well, do more of those, right? But you don't know until you do it a few times. And I think I see a lot of people start out, they try to just copy people that they they respect. And I'm a big fan of, of taking somebody's idea and making your own. I think with social, nobody's reinventing everything and every audience is different. So if you see a great idea, don't steal it, but make it your own and make it something valuable for your audience. And that I, I fully encourage that. But don't try to copy somebody's personality or be something that you're not because people see through that. And the really the most genuine people on social win because they're actually creating an audience that is meaningful, that's connected with them. They're trying to help. They're not trying to take advantage of anybody. It, it, it's very transparent who's in what bucket. So. Absolutely. When getting started on social, perfection is the enemy of progress. you got to get stuff out there before you have any idea what kind of response you're going to get. And you can't really be the predictor of that. You don't know what people are going to like and you don't know what people are not going to like. So it's better to just get stuff out there, get feedback and then adjust your, your process from there, as opposed to trying to have this perfect quality product that you don't even know if anybody wants yet. I'm a big fan of the sell, then build strategy. I mean, it just makes far more sense, um, which basically means create a ton of content until you're getting the reaction that you want, and then you could duplicate the content that's working, basically, if you boil it down. And and I really love what you said about genuity. That's the right way to say it. Um, the more authentic you are, the better off you are. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's really that simple. You want to be yourself. Like you can look to other people for inspiration, as you said, but don't just rip off their content because they're not you. Put it in your own voice. Maybe watch three to five videos that are on the same topic, kind of combine them. And then, you know, you spit out the same thing, but as you would say it, not as these five people would say it and stuff like that. So there's nothing wrong with looking for other people for inspiration, but don't steal. Um, <laughs> stealing is no good unless you're Picasso. Well, and I always say, uh, I, I can't believe how many coaches are out there now talking about how they'll help you go viral and they'll help you find a lot of followers. And just that is such the enemy of what you're trying to accomplish. I mean, if you get lucky and you have a video, get a ton of views, it's really a powerful growing tool in your business. But if you're creating content that is meant to go viral or trying to go viral, Oftentimes it just falls flat and truly and sincerely, it's like the anti-objective of what you're trying to get to. So I think more than anything, focus on the meaningful conversations, right? It, I would rather have a video that gets 100 views and leads to 10 conversations of which I could have maybe two clients come from that than get a video with 1,000 views where I don't talk to any of them because they just found it based on a trend and there wasn't a lot of value in it. So you know, you have to remember what the end goal is for you. It's not always about just going viral. And in fact, one of the worst things you could do for your business is go viral with the wrong audience. I mean, if you, I don't know, go viral with a bunch of Taylor Swift fans, and now you have 100,000 Taylor Swift fans who follow you, unless they're a really motivated home buyer also, it's like the wrong audience, right? So you just, you have to be careful.
Absolutely. You want to have your avatar in mind whenever you're doing anything, really, because as you said, if you get the wrong followers, it's basically going to ruin your channel. You might have to start over or remove a lot of them, which um, that just sounds like a huge pain in the neck. I, I wouldn't want to do that. So make sure you're talking to the right avatar when you're creating content. That's a, that's a, a great recommendation because um, all of these social media platforms, they have algorithms and they know who we are. They know what we do. So they know the type of people that want the type of content that you're creating, basically. So just lean into the algorithm, essentially. You want to talk to the same person consistently, and then the algorithm's eventually going to pick up what you're doing as long as you're getting any any form of engagement. And if you're not getting engagement, you need to adjust your strategy. It's really that simple. Yeah, couldn't agree more. I think engagement is key. If you're not seeing specifically conversations and comments, something that means that people are not just clicking like, like is like the most basic form of engagement. You need to have a little bit more. Are you getting messages? Are you getting comments? Are people telling stories? Or, and this is really the crux of it. If you can get your audience engaging with other members of your audience in the comments, that is like the golden pinnacle of where you want to get an engagement because then other conversations feed other conversations and you're not driving it. It becomes a very natural way for things to grow. Absolutely, man. This has been tremendous. Thank you so much for sharing your social media strategies, man. This has been an amazing experience. I'd love to know a little bit more about what you're doing. We just hit 2023. What are your goals for the year, man? Absolutely. So, I mean, for me, this is going to continue to be a big part of my life. I'm hoping to grow my coaching business for this year and help more real estate agents take advantage of these completely free platforms that we have that help meet tons of clients that really have a need, right? There is a massive need right now around confusion in the real estate market or access to affordable housing within the real estate market. And there are plenty of qualified people who can meet that need. They're just not speaking loud enough or to the right audience to get connected with each other. So my hope is that I can help more agents find an audience that is right for them this year. And that's going to become a big focus for me. On the real estate front, I am going to continue to service Chicagoland. I love this city and I'm seeing the resurgence of it as we have more people come back downtown. So I'm expecting to have a very busy spring. For me, uh, this last year, I closed just about $13 million, uh, for the team. Uh, I've now passed uh, in my career over 50 million closed uh, and about 200 clients. So this year, I would love to help 50 more people find, settle in the Chicagoland uh, area, either buy, sell, rent, find an investment property. So uh, if you're out there and you have a need in Chicagoland, you can help me by being one of those 50 and, and I'd love to help you accomplish your goals. Perfect segue, man. Um, if anybody out there wanted to reach out to you, get in touch, perhaps get in touch with you for coaching, or if they happen to be listening to this show and they might be looking for a realtor in Chicago, what would be the best way for them to reach out to you? Ah, I'm a huge proponent of check me out on social first. Let's get to know each other in a very informal way. So LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, you can find me, Matt Thomas. I'm with Baird and Warner Real Estate here in Chicago. So uh, I'll also send you a link for my website that we can share as well. Um, look, you know, at the end of the day, this is meant to be a, in a very approachable industry. You can approach me about a real estate need at any point in your journey, even if it's just a glimmer of hope in the distant future. These conversations start early for some. They come right up against the time of decision making and need for others. It doesn't matter where you're at. I'm happy to help you out. So if I can help you, reach out however is easiest for you. Uh, my cell phone is also readily available. So if you'd like to just reach out and text me, uh, feel free. I'm happy to get together. Don't forget your podcast, bro. Hey, that's right. Also, don't forget the Rise in Real Estate podcast. So if, you, uh, if you'd like to learn more from 
other people who are succeeding in Chicagoland across really all different professions, but also in the background, managing portfolios of real estate, using real estate as passive income in addition to their regular contractor life or W-2 job. We have a fantastic podcast for you. Uh, Rise in Real Estate, my co-host Derek Malley and I, we talk through really anybody interesting we can find. And we are also in the process of seeking guests for this upcoming year. So if you feel like you are an interesting business professional in Chicagoland and you have an interesting story to tell about being an investor or a landlord, we'd love to have you on uh, and share that story with as many people as we can, help you get connected with your audience, hopefully through our channel. Absolutely, man. I love it. Thank you so much for giving us a glimpse into your life and into your business, Matt. This has been absolutely tremendous. Um, to those of you out there chasing freedom, please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Engagement is like gold to us. We can't do what we're doing without it. So please review and subscribe, in particular, Apple and Spotify. That's a gold mine. And YouTube, if you're feeling um, a little special, man, go for all three. Um, this stuff is worth more than money, so please do what you can to support the show. And remember, freedom is acquired one action at a time. Pick no more than three of the strategies that we discuss in this show and take massive action on them and do them until you have success. Sometimes you're going to look at six to 12 months. Sometimes it'll be right away, but keep following the same strategy until it works and tell somebody you know that can hold you accountable. And before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. So thank you for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next one.